0: 12 jr
1: you know i don't do the math too 144 42. <laughs> of the
0: I mean we universe. have sci-fi authors who are smart today well Thank we got science. john
1: over there he can weaponize math for us no so, no no takers all right Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies, a place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the topic. But first, I want you to know that we had proof of life from Nick Garber yesterday. He's just being worked like a dog by the uh, um, government agency that shall not be named, which he works for. But we promise he's alive, and we're going to try to get some episodes with him in the near future. Uh, and if not, we'll blame Seska. do right.
0: we blame Seska? I am guilty
1: of something. Absolutely. So we're here to talk uh, some, some, some with some nominees for the 2021 Dragon Awards. So first, I'm going to tell you what the Dragon Award is, in case you didn't listen to the same episode last year. So the That's Dragon thing. Awards... True, true. The (laughs) Dragon Awards are a fan-voted award that recognizes outstanding achievement in science fiction and fantasy literature, comics, gaming, and filmed entertainment. They are given out annually at DragonCon in Atlanta, Georgia, and have been going strong since 2016. Yes, even during the pandemic, they gave them out virtually. The award process consists of two steps, a nomination step, which has just passed, where each uh, work is nominated by voters, And then the nominations are tallied and those that meet the cut are put into the finalist category. Congratulations, all of you. You made the cut. Woo! Uh, And now you get to vote. But before we do that, let's tell you what the categories are. There are currently 15 categories available for voting. (laughs) The best science fiction novel, best fantasy novel, including paranormal. They want you to know that, that's important. Best young adult or middle grade novel, best military science fiction or fantasy novel, best alternative history novel, best media tie-in novel, best horror novel, Best comic book, best graphic novel. I say we make room for another category, put post-apoc back in, and combine comic and graphic novel, comic book graphic. I agree. Same thing. I'm going to get the hate mail, but it's okay. Uh, I'm not the, in
0: charge of it. Depends. Some people might love you.
1: That's true. So we've got. I know certain people that are were upset when uh, they couldn't get nominated for post-apoc anymore. But uh, we've, we've got the best sci-fi and because fantasy of current news. best sci-fi and true sci-fi fantasy tv series best science fiction or fantasy movie best science fiction or fantasy pc or console game best science fiction or fantasy mobile game best science fiction or fantasy board game and finally last but not least best science fiction or fantasy mobile miniatures collect uh collectible card or role-playing game wow that's a mouthful so uh, with the finalists recently nominated, we've grab, uh, grabbed a group of the 2021 nominees. This is um, the first panel we'll do. We're going to try to do some others if we can organize it. Um, obviously, we can't book everybody. So, uh, and well, I was going to say off back order, but I didn't order them. So, uh, why don't we let the guests introduce themselves? So, who are you and what are you nominated for? Uh, the, basically, it's you for
2: Reader's Digest. Jonathan Brazee, you're first. My name is Jonathan Brazy. <clears throat> I'm a full-time writer. I'm a retired U.S. Marine Corps colonel, full-time writer now, living in Colorado Springs with my wife and two-and-a-half-year-old twin girls.
0: And they uh, are adorable.
2: I think so, too. I wasn't going to be the guy who's going to be always pulling out pictures or posting them on Facebook. That lasted about five minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: I'm nominated uh, I I'm nominated with Sentence to War along with uh, Jeff Cheney um for the best military fantasy uh, science fiction or fantasy novel
1: all right and next but not least we have J N cheney who i'm told his mom calls jeff
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and cheney jeff um if you want <clears throat> i'm also nominated along with jonathan brzee for the same book sentence to war um we have four of those out now in the series book five is coming out in a week and a half so right before the awards um and so far this series has been a phenomenal ride. You know, Jonathan has poured his heart and soul into it. And uh I'm really proud of the work that we've done and um to be nominated. Uh this is the first time for me. I think it's second time for Jonathan. Number yeah, two. Number two. Oh, yeah.
2: what, what was that first nomination for? Uh that was for uh integration.
1: Oh, I thought it was weaponized math. That's what my no, weaponized was for math was for oh, the Nebula.
2: Oh. Organized mm. Math and and Fire Ant were for the Nebula. Integration was for the 2018. So uh, a little bit of etiquette:
1: if the if the host is ever wrong, you're supposed to lie to him and tell him he's right. It's oh okay. no, 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 no! He's
2: never right.
0: He's never right. Uh,
1: I'll win one one day.
4: But uh, next we have Mr. Rick Partlow. Hi, I'm Rick Partlow. I live in Central Florida for the time being. I. A full time writer. I write mostly military science fiction, a little bit space opera. I'm nominated for Direct Fire, which is in my Drop Trooper series. And book eight in Drop Trooper is coming out September 14th, so not too far away. Um, so I better finish it. Uh, so this is my first nomination. I'm going to be there. I'm really excited about that. So
0: I know. You have some amazing panels.
1: I only got two that I know of, right? <laughs> are, uh, are any of his panels going to be uh, filmed for the viewing audience?
0: Things are the app is not as updated as the app appears to be.
1: Okay, that is good to know. Um, are, are, Doc, are they going to be uh, any of them going to be filmed this year?
0: Uh, yes, I just don't know which ones yet. Okay, so not uh, ask me? I'm not in charge of sci-fi. <laughs>
1: Check out the, um, the Dragon Con Facebook presence. Check out their website. They'll talk about stuff, and maybe we'll get answers. So next, and last but not least, we have Mr. Christopher Rocchio. Did I pronounce it right this time?
5: You got it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm Christopher Rocchio. I am also a full-time writer. I've been writing a series called Sun Eater for the last several years. And I was also, uh, for six years, the junior editor at Bain Books. I, I quit that a couple months ago to, to write full-time. Um, I am nominated also for uh, best military sci-fi or fantasy novel for *Demon in White*, which is the third in the *Snyder* series. Number two, *Howling Dark* uh, also got the nomination, so it's uh, kind of a repeat thing, which is which is really cool. That's uh, a big honor. You actually have the distinction
1: of being the guest who's appeared on the podcast the most, Chris. Oh, do I really? Oh, and, uh, <laughs> the the fans wouldn't know that because they never aired. Because Seska has crappy potato Wi-Fi, so we recorded one episode nine times. And it never Not that i Got something in your mind.
4: eye, there, Seska? <laughs>
0: no, i I'm just impressed. <laughs> nine.
1: So, uh, but you know that makes you famous or infamous. I'm not sure which. I'll take it. That's almost
5: better
0: you than the what? award. Uh, he has also. I've known him the longest of everybody here.
1: Yeah, but he, did he get Hugh coffee when he was the junior editor?
0: No. I didn't get,
5: I didn't get anybody coffee. Uh, now no, that I'm not working there, I can tell coffee. you that.
0: From I knew him when he was the main intern. Oh,
1: okay. So we're so, dark.
0: I, know, when I handed him a drink and said, here, it looks like you need this.
1: So this <laughs> is the part where you prove your chops that you are, in fact, professional authors. So how were you informed of your nomination? Telegram, carrier pigeon, rock with a ni- note tied around it, thrown through your window. John, how were you informed?
2: Um, I got an email, but for somehow I missed it. And it wasn't until the, and I thought, well, I guess we didn't make it. And and, uh, then the actual announcement came out and it was like, oh, wow. And I looked back and yeah, there was the email. Check the spam filters, Jonathan. (laughs) The thing is, it wasn't even in my junk mail. It was in my regular inbox. And somehow I have dragon blindness.
1: Well, in your defense, you do have young kids, so you do get a pass until they're about four. <laughs>
2: yeah, okay, okay, I'll use them.
1: So we'll work for it. What about you, he has
0: twins, so you might get extra time.
3: we oh, will <laughs> make
1: it five. You get till five now. Yeah.
3: You were asking uh, how I found out? Yeah. Well, Jonathan and I were uh, waiting with anticipation, and uh, I think Rick found out first, I think, before we did. He got an email, and that's what prompted me, and I was like, did they send the emails out yet? And uh, I had heard like mixed things from different people, uh, people that I, I kind of figured would get it um, and ended up getting it. But I think I had an email or no, I had a Facebook message. That's what it was. Somebody sent me a Facebook message through my my uh, my page, my author page. They, Because uh, I guess they didn't have my email. Uh, my site was having issues, so they had to send it to me direct. But that's how I found it. And then I, I told Jonathan about it, and then he went through his email list and found it.
1: Okay, I expected something a little bit, um, you know, more imaginative. But it's still there's still time to save it. Rick, how did they tell you?
4: They sent it on a note with a very, very small dragon, like the owls from Hogwarts. <laughs> and it knocked <laughs> on my window and told me.
0: Probably a fire lizard, because uh, the di- senior director of uh, operations happens to be a, a huge Dan McCaffrey fan.
4: I mean the Probably science fiction pilot. series? They,
1: they <laughs> like novels. <What?
0: laughs>
4: So do you mean a science fiction series, Pern?
1: Yes, I mean the one
0: about genetic engineering.
1: So if I didn't have the go forth and vote sign, because voting matters uh, for this episode, I would definitely put on there Pern is a fantasy novel. Change my mind is a little scroll bar, but you like that,
0: genetic engineering.
2: Science
4: fiction dragons science equals
0: science, science fiction. fiction engineering. Lost
4: college. doesn't Chris Fox have dragons in space? You hot. That.
0: That.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. All right, Chris, tell them they're wrong. Tell them that dragons equal fantasy.
5: Uh, that is, that's that's basically how I feel about, about it. But mean, I also think it's all fantasy, right? Uh like all of it. Uh I have I'm pretty sure Vulcans are just imaginary too. So uh yeah. Vulcans are just <laughs> 20 millimeter cannons. The 20 millimeter cannons, Chris, they're real. Yeah, although oh, that, that part might be real. Who knows? But uh, as far as uh, my email arrives by a cuneiform tablet, so I've actually had it for several thousand years,
1: um,
5: <laughs> so which was quite a surprise. To... I didn't know what I had. I thought it was you had more some... time to get the
4: fans to vote for him.
5: It's not fair. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> I cheated. It was uh, there was time travel involved, but no. I mean, I got that. I got the damn email. Uh, you know, same as everybody else. Um, my my inbox, uh, you know, I, I is probably a bit less cluttered, so
3: I I found it okay. <laughs> Jonathan, didn't they call you last year or last time you got nominated?
2: Yeah, for two thousand and eighteen, yeah, I got a call and they said, I had no idea that anybody had even read the book. And I got a call. <laughs> and they said, hey,, your uh, your novel integration, and I'm thinking this is you know somebody trying to uh, sell me on publication or you know publicity or and I'm about to say no, I'm not interested. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah I, I'm, I'm calling i'm dave i'm calling from uh dragon award DragonCon, and we want to know if you'll accept your nomination uh, for best military some <laughs> pilot, i'm just like like what and
4: if they I, called so, me i would have known to accept
2: yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs>
5: that's cool i never got yeah. a phone call siska
2: so i i just said I, i'm not in charge of that i,
5: I know i'm anything? just
2: saying well, no, I, I had no, I, I had no was idea it was calling. even coming. So of course I said yes. And then I said, "Are you coming to DragonCon?" And I said, "Well, my wife's pregnant, and I wasn't <laughs> going. To, I was, I was just canceled." And I said, "But I guess I'm coming now." I wonder how they got your number. <laughs> maybe so maybe when I did the pro thing, but you have to sign up to be a. I was a pro. Oh the, yeah. Dragon Cons.
1: Hmm. It would have been funny if he won and his wife had, like, gone into labor right there on the stage with him <laughs> accepting the award. That could be a story you could tell for generations. But uh, we have a lot in Valley. I got, I got
2: that call, and that's what I thought it was as I'm <laughs> oh. sitting there in Bally. <laughs> no.
1: uh, well, you could still lie and just make it up. It you I called in Bally?
2: Uh, I was at 20 Books Bally. How did uh, they get this? your
4: number in Bally? What? How did, did they call you like in the hotel phone, or did Oh
2: no, no, no! That was I got the call about which I thought was my wife giving birth. Oh, okay. Fair Ooh. enough. All right. They really track you down. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away if you try.
1: Okay.
0: So, what were your first reactions when you found out you got nominated this year, um, Chris? We'll start with you.
5: Uh, I I was surprised. I didn't. I wasn't expecting it at all. Considering the book came out in the middle of you know last year's everything shut down. I wasn't sure that people had read it either. Uh, and it, it's always both years now. I've ended up in a in, in uh, the category I didn't. I think I belonged in. I ended up in military SF and such as SF. Uh, so I was I was again surprised. uh, You know, honored to be here. But I never really thought about the series as a military series. So uh, you know a uh, bit bit. You know, still a bit perplexed, but it's cool. Uh, well, J.R.
0: likes to say fans can just recategorize things however they want. So. I mean,
1: I've seen some stuff in the media tie-in that weren't tied to any media property I'd heard of. They just had media in them. So, I like, some know. of the lit RPG books have made it to media tie-in.
5: <laughs> they're, like, for imaginary games?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not so, so which
5: can know. be the best kind.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeff, how did you... How did you react?
3: The- oh, I was I was elated. I uh, I immediately I think I called or messaged Jonathan and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, so that that made my week when I found that I'd never been nominated for an award before, except for a naughty. Uh, but that's more for the narrator. So this was the first time a book of mine had been selected. And uh, yeah, so, you know, we celebrated here. Me and my girlfriend went out for a steak. So that was a good day.
1: How do you have your time you go out for a steak,
3: man? It's a good day. Absolutely.
0: So, and Jonathan, you said that you, you kind of already answered with that. You went and immediately, went to go find your email, right?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I, I I was sure that I hadn't, that we didn't make it. In fact, I told Jeff that I said, well, you know, they'd be informing people by now. We haven't been informed. I called someone else. I thought that might've made it and he didn't make it. Uh, He hadn't been informed. And I had just sort of said, well, you know, it would have been nice. But I'd already been let down, so to speak, and was going on my way. And all of a sudden, Jeff contacts me. And I'm like, what? You know, and it was just <laughs> like a total. So because I was so let down, you know, I I think it's the rise like was so high. And it's I, and I went time. to my email to try to find it. And there it was.
1: So so this is an important question before we move on to Rick and you know, whoever else has the answer. Jeff. Rick.
0: I really want Rick's answer. Hold on, I need He's to know how he takes a
1: steak. This is important. What? His fans might want to know how he takes his
3: steak. Work? How I take my what? Steak. steak. Oh, uh medium rare. That's the only okay. way to do it. That's the only way to do it.
1: If you had said mm-hmm. like "well
4: done," they might have not voted for
1: you. Oh my God,
3: no, no, no. I like I
1: like I like
4: meat. I, like me, I like medium, depending on on. How the, the restaurant cooks it
3: because yeah. sometimes
4: they cook it a little bit light. So yes, get, medium.
3: Yeah, I get medium rare because a lot of times uh, when it comes out, they can always throw it back on the grill for a minute or two, but that's they true. can't they can't remove it. So um, and yeah, also just from cooking course. so much steak, you know, when you take it off, it ha- it continues to cook. So true. if they're slow in the kitchen, it can uh, cook a little longer than uh, than it should.
1: That's true. Fair enough. So he likes his cow still
4: mooing. God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I like my cow still mooing, but Rick, your turn.
4: What was the question again?
0: How <laughs> do you take <laughs> <a> steak? <laughs> How do
4: you
0: take <laughs> <a> steak? <laughs> um, when
4: I when I found out, I was really happy. I I, w- I wasn't shocked because uh, I don't know. You know, I've been trying to get my fans to vote for me. You know, because i would never been nominated. For, I've never been nominated for any award, and this was. Kind of, this is like an opportunity, and but I was really yeah. psyched, you know. This, this is the first award that I've been nominated for, you know, and I, I have like forty-four books published, so it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm really, and I, I was already planning on being at the Dragon Awards, so I was like, yeah, picked a good one to attend.
1: Yeah, so- no. <laughs> how I
4: mean, long? Well-
1: um, how long before your wife's like, all right, I've heard
4: about it enough. We're not talking about <laughs> this anymore. Uh, no, I. I haven't talked with her about it that much. She she doesn't even read my books. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I know how that
2: is. Mine doesn't <laughs> either.
4: What? What? She oh, doesn't, doesn't like science fiction.
2: Mine doesn't. Yeah,
3: that's what? a secret. That's the secret to a long-lasting relationship. Don't let her read your books. Find out <laughs> how weird you doesn't are. Doesn't
2: like it.
0: <laughs>
2: You're really going to be broken. <laughs> Maybe right.
0: that is it. I don't know. I, I don't. Don't ask me for marital advice. You'll just end up divorced.
1: all right all right so um what does this nomination then mean to you as an author you could be as sappy as you want uh i don't care if you know ninjas sneak up on you and start cutting onions but uh is it going to be a marketing thing or is it just a a nice little trophy to throw on your bookshelf what do you you think is going to mean to you and we'll start with you first this time rick
4: oh um as an author um well on a personal level obviously i the nomination is a really great honor um it kind of means, as on, on just as a on a writer level, not not a, somebody trying to sell a book, but on a writer level, it means that you've you've managed to get enough people who care about your writing that they think about you when it's time for this kind of nomination, which is really you know really touches me that there's that many people that that care enough about it that when you know when the when they look and they bring up the dragon awards and they look at military science fiction, they, uh, they put my name down. So that was really cool. Um, as, as a, on the marketing side of writing, I mean, being nominated always helps, you know, make maybe, well, not always, but it might, might make the difference when somebody's looking at two different books and this one's been nominated for some kind of an award. Somebody might look at it a second time, but yeah, it's just all around great. I'm, really thrilled and honored to have been nominated so have you gone forth and changed your book cover yet 2021 um, dragon award nominee i have not changed uh, the ones that i control but uh, i have some books that i have published with uh from Antha press with scott bartlett and he has changed those to say <laughs> dragon award finalists down at the bottom so
1: nice nice all right so chris you get to be next
5: well, I'm mostly going to steal Rick's answer. The cool thing about the dragon, right, is that it's it's uh, voted on by just regular people, right? Just regular readers. and not a board of judges or experts or anything like that. And <laughs> I think I said the same thing uh, last time I was on the show. And it's just cool, like Rick said, that there are enough people who care about what it is you do uh, to put your name down, uh, which is which is awesome. So. All right, Jeff?
3: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you've, I've been in this business now for... Wow, oh, man! Seven years just writing full time, and uh, you know I've been reading science fiction since I was sixteen. So late reader, huh?
2: A late reader. Oh yeah! <laughs> don't get me
3: started on a, on, on my <laughs> my younger education. We we weren't there's no required reading. My friend graduated high school without knowing where periods went. So oh, <laughs> very bad. Yeah. So I got into I got into reading um, because of my mom. And uh, so, you know, and then into sci-fi as I got older and got nerdier as you tend to do. And my first book I got into was uh, Ender's Game, which I now have like three signed copies of. So that's cool. And to see, like when I first picked that book up, I picked it up because it said Nebula and Hugo winning book. And I was like, I don't know what these awards are because I was still new to the genre. Uh, but I picked that book up for that reason in a bookstore. And uh, ever since then I've always kind of like wondered what that would be like to be nominated for, you know, for an award. And over the years, I just kind of assumed, you know, because uh, I'm an independent writer that uh, those were a little more out of reach, but with the dragon awards, there's no committee. uh, Like Chris said, there's no uh, board that's deciding whether you're worthy enough. It's all fan based. And I think to get nominated in that way is even more encouraging than, uh, than the alternatives. You know, to know that enough people believe in you and like your stuff enough to just to actually buy it and support you. And then to put your name down when they think of this category. uh, It's phenomenal. You know, to see to see my name next to Rick's and Jonathan's and Chris, uh, there's no higher honor, I would say. And Walter John Williams is my heroes. Yeah, Yeah. I, I started
4: I read Walter John Williams when I was back in the 80s when I was thinking about starting to write one of the ones that inspired me to, and now I'm on the same list as him.
3: Yeah, yeah, and you've earned your spot. I mean, you said you've written 40-something books. Um, I've read your writing. Uh, we're planning to work together later this year, and uh, you're an exceptional writer, and I know Jonathan is too from working with him. So well-earned, I'd say.
1: All right. Thank you. So last but not least, Jonathan, what does this mean to you?
2: I think this one as I said, I've been up for the Nebula award and I was very happy about that. And I'm proud of, I'm proud of that. But this is the reader's award. this is not the industry. This is not who, you know, this is not political. This is what the readers actually like. And there's enough of the readers out there that you you really can't game it. Uh, You're not going to get slates. Um, So that's what really makes it special. And it's like everyone else has said, the idea that a reader is actually reading your books and thinking enough of them. I I was just at my high school reunion. uh, It was the 45th done 46 years later in Des Moines. And one one of the spouses there came up to me and he said, hey, congratulations on the Dragon Award. I just nominated you. And it just blew me away that here's somebody I've never met before who was really excited to meet me and let me know that he just uh, voted for the book. That really means a lot to me as a writer. And it's a, it's an affirmation that what I'm doing actually matters. Um, and, and Rick was just talking about Walter John, uh, uh, Walter John Williams. You know, when I was up for the Dragon Award, I was up with Vince David Weber. And that was the first time I met him. And that was so cool for me to someone that I've read all his books, and now all of a sudden I meet him, and then I get invited to show up for his uh, for his renewal of his vows with uh, with his marriage. It sort of makes you feel like you've arrived. On the commercial side, I, yeah, I do I do have that in my USA Today, uh, on on some of my books, uh, I have it in my bio, but that's not. The real thing that drives me for this—it's the affirmation from the readers. Oh yeah, you get those emails. It's all been worth it.
3: You get those emails and everything like sentence to War." I mean, just that—that that book alone, I've gotten over the last week since the uh, the nominations started coming in, tons of emails from readers who I didn't even know we had that many uh, voters, and uh, you know, just in our in our Facebook group and our in our social circles. I'm getting emails from people i've never even talked to and they're like hey i just want to let you know like i voted for your your book i mean that's phenomenal just out of the blue you know and you know you, you thank every one of them but that's that kind of motivation that keeps you going that keeps you motivated
1: so uh definitely. i definitely think that's why you do it right you do it for the readers because at the end of the day they're they're the ones that keep you keep you going uh since we we didn't have this in the the outline doc so you're gonna have to wait on question eight for me but uh, Jeff and Jonathan we will get you first since you co-wrote together can you give the quick synopsis of what sentence to war is the book you're nominated for and if you can grab the cover I'll show it on the screen
2: uh, Jeff you want to grab the cover I don't think I have it here oh, I mean, I have one
3: do you have it in your office all
1: right well while you're telling us what it is I'll google it and find
3: it
2: yeah yeah I think I have it here'm I'm, I'm bad at this I, I- well, I can write a novel, but it's hard for me to describe it. <laughs> basically, Jeff and I got together. We, we discussed writing something together, and I decided to give it a shot. Um, I didn't think I was able to – I didn't think I was a really good co-writing type person, but Jeff has really made it very easy, and I think we worked well together. But basically, in, in some ways, it's your typical – Um, fish out of water a guy gets forced into the military but over the over the course he finds himself uh, uh, he becomes as most of my Marine Corps books there you go for most of my Marine Corps books um, there's a typical tropes of duty honor uh, uh, discipline um, loyalty to your fellow Marines and so th- those, those little tropes are going under, but I'm, I'm trying to make it a, in a different universe, wh- which has different um, obstacles in the, in the way. And the first three books uh, concern the first contact with an alien race. And since there's very little understanding of each other, very little difficulty at knowing who they are, what they're thinking about, it breaks down into war and things aren't going well for humanity and that's where uh, our hero, Rev, Rev Pelletier, um, comes into the war.
3: Yeah, he's initially uh, sentenced to war, as the title in first because of a minor traffic violation. So
2: his his government they're they're not able to draft people because the citizens won't stand for it. So they get around it by you basically jaywalk, um, and sentence <laughs> you. In his case, it was yeah. a tra- it was a traffic ticket.
0: I'd be screwed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to
3: make it something that was like a little funny, but also relatable and accessible. Um, Throughout the story, uh, you know, he receives upgrades, new equipment. He grows as a person, but he also grows as a soldier, and uh, that sort of progression.
2: Hmm? He grows as a marine. Marine, very different.
4: different. Sorry, (laughs) former air force. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't. You're lucky you didn't say
3: airman.
0: <laughs> oh yeah! Oh,
3: definitely different but yes thank you Jonathan uh I, I forget sometimes Jonathan's a former colonel in the marines so I have to be very picky about how I how I work things <laughs> but yeah no we've had a lot of fun with this story and um it's definitely grown as we've gone forward like the world building has expanded significantly and we've Jonathan was here. Uh, when was that? Like a month and a half ago? Two months yeah, ago? A month and a half. He was here, and uh, we had dinner and hung out at the house, and just like went over future story arcs and how we could grow the universe naturally and expand out in a way that would be really engaging and fun for readers. So I think we've got a really good, um, a really good, you know, outline for the for the series. But just the next few books are going to be, I think, a lot of fun. We're getting a lot of good early feedback on Book Five, so that's nice.
1: Always a good thing. All right, Rick, you, what were you nominated for the title, and can you give us a
4: synopsis? Uh, the title is "Is Direct Fire," and it is the fourth book in the Drop Trooper series. And uh, ironically enough, the Drop Trooper series is about a guy who is sentenced to war. <laughs> it's uh, he's a uh, he's basically he's an orphan who was raised in the ruins of what used to be Tijuana before a nuclear war. And he, as a child, he goes to Trans Angeles, which is a big big mega city where Los Angeles used to be. And he's raised by a series of foster homes until he becomes tired of being abused and goes out in the street and becomes a street criminal. Eventually he's arrested and given the choice of, going into punitive hibernation or joining the Marine Corps because there's a war on and they need people. So he uh, goes into the Marines and just like Jonathan and uh, Jeff's character, he grows and he eventually goes to officer candidate school in the book before this. And in this book, it's the end of the war and he's growing into his position as as an officer and becoming more responsible and and learning not just how to be a good marine because he'd already done that, but learning how to be a leader, which he'd had trouble with because he'd always been a loner. And this this book is the uh, the culmination of that during uh, the end the end part of the war against the Tawnee, which is a basically a alien race of religious fanatics.
1: Okay, those sound like pleasant people. So, <laughs> all right, I apologize that the. Uh, um, I, I go ahead.
0: I, I'm just giggling because I'm I'm familiar also with Chris's, and there seems to be a theme in our books tonight.
1: <laughs> so I, I do want to know, you know who else had punitive hibernation? Demolition man, and we saw how that ended
4: up.
0: What's I,
4: so well, in, in my universe, the punitive hibernation, the reason he didn't go for that is because every nobody's ever come out of it, and the, they're all pretty much sure that the judges are just going to forget to unfreeze them and just leave them in there. Oh, I thought maybe he just didn't want to learn to knit.
0: <laughs> I but, love knitting.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: last <laughs> Most but feminine least, thing I do.
1: You threatened to stab me with those needles. I don't exactly know how feminine that is, but we'll move on. <laughs> you, know,
0: you know, it's not my fault that you're annoying.
1: <laughs> all right. Chris, let's talk about your book. So, what are you known for? What are you? Yeah, so uh,
5: "Demon and White is the third book in my Sun Eater series, which is sort of a space opera, kind of in the tradition of Dune. And uh, being book three, uh, it is a continuing story of Hadrian. Hadrian is a sort of a knight at this point. He is a nobleman. He ran away from home. He didn't want to be a priest. Uh, he wanted to be sort of a scientist to try to bring peace between humanity and these aliens, the sealson who have been threatening the Empire for hundreds of years. Uh, by book three, he's been somewhat disabused of the notion that peace is possible, uh, and he, while he was not sentenced to war, he is quite uh, stuck in the middle of one. And uh, in addition to trying to deal with these sort of uh, nomadic kind of space, uh, you know, Huns, he uh, is also, um, sorry, I was a classic guy, so Roman history analogies. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so in addition to that, he's also got to solve this mystery about this ancient extinct uh, you know species of aliens that he seems to have some sort of weird connection to. Um, and he just keeps getting in uh, deeper and deeper trouble as uh, not only does he have to deal with all of these things, but also uh, the Empire is starting to uh, be less enchanted of him as he is building more and more of a reputation for himself. So he's got uh, knives at his back as well as uh, wells in front. So,
1: So, uh, fun fact, all of these books, we've uh, discussed the first book in the series on this podcast. So if you go back through our catalog, you can find them all and listen to them talk for an hour about their book if you want to do that before we vote. Um, But, all right. So, Doc, next question is yours now that I've interrupted you.
0: (laughs) Okay. And they all got in trouble with the law at some point in their books, which is the other reason why I was giggling.
4: Beats all you ever saw.
0: I'm not a grown-up. So, obviously, you guys heard what? I I
1: was telling you what the question number was, but you you got it, so I shut myself up.
0: Yes, good boy. As all authors are, as authors, we're all readers as well. I'm really just a reader. Um, what do you think the award means from a fan-centric point of view, and as readers? Um, let's see. I
1: have the screen that has the little award. What it looks like. So That's,
0: yes. Um, let's go ahead and I can't remember where we we ended with Chris. So let's start with Chris.
5: Oh, works for me. Uh, speaking, I guess you know because I read some of the other books, right? That have been uh, that are on 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 the lists, right? it's fun uh, to be able to try and give something back to uh, to writers who have uh, given me, you know, something to read, something you know to enjoy.
2: Uh, and
5: so it's just fun to sort of complete the loop, you know, uh, give back a little bit. Good answer, very altruistic. I approve.
0: And well, thanks, Rick. You look so serious. What's your? No, answer? I'm, wondering if
4: I, I'm wondering if I misunderstood the question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking how I well, look at it okay. as a reader, or how readers will look at it?
0: Yeah, how do you look at it as a reader? As so, a reader, I mean, okay. Obviously, um, you're a reader,
4: right? I, when I look at it from from, from the reader's point of view, um, you know, the I I when I nominated people, you know, because. Originally, you know, when when I got the uh, link for the nomination, I, I voted my for I voted also, and just the list of names that were up there, it was just uh. It's just like a list of people that I've been reading for years and years, and they're kind of my literary heroes. So it's it is really cool as a reader to uh, to have some say in, in putting that up for an award, you know, it, for uh. to to give back, I guess, to the the entertainment that they've given me throughout the decades?
3: Good answer. Yeah. I think that's the big takeaway there is uh, you feel like you're contributing. You know, like a lot of these more traditional awards uh, are not selected by fans. Like maybe the fan vote gets you nominated or you have to be a member of the organization, whatever it is. But anybody can vote in this. Any reader can vote. And I think that having that sort of not power, but like that accessibility to like to this award also provides sort of a connection to it. It makes you feel like you're actually contributing to this person getting this award, like this person that you you read the book, you know, and um, I voted last year. I voted for um, I think Jason Onspach was up for it. And I had actually read that book, you know, just because he's a friend of mine and I picked it up and I liked it a lot and I thought he deserved that, uh, that win. So having that sort of ability to contribute uh, along with everyone else to have your voice heard in this chorus of votes, I think that means something that a lot of the other awards just miss out
2: on. They don't have that.
0: And Jonathan.
2: To me, the Dragon Awards are like the People's Choice Awards compared to the Golden Globes or the Oscars. Yeah. Um, in order to vote for a nebula, I mean, if you look at the awards that are up for, let's say, science fiction, you're really mm-hmm. looking at the nebulas, Hugos, and dragons. In order to vote for the nebula, you need to be a member of CIFWA.
4: Mm-hmm. There's
2: only 2,000 members of CIFWA. Uh In order to vote for the Hugos, you need to have, have a Hugo membership. Which is mm-hmm. you know four hundred and fifty dollars, and there's, uh, I think, you know four to seven thousand at any given time. So these, these these are gatekeepers. The dragons are open to everyone, and you can be. I have I have readers who are bedridden, and they have the they have Ku, and this is their life: reading all the books on Ku. And so for me, when I'm voting as a for the Dragon Award, I'm feeling my, I'm, I, I love the fact that it's open to everyone. And then when I vote, I'm really, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, biting my fingernails, hoping that the ones that I voted for, maybe they're gonna win. And when they do win, they don't always, but when they do win, I feel like, hey, that's my award too. I hope help, I help that happen and and not take anything away against the nebulas and the hugos but this is a different creature
0: no it's a, meant to be a different and our goal is uh, I, I say "arm" because if if you're new to listening i run fantasy literature at dragon con so i'm a little invested emotionally in anything dragon related right but that's what the goal is though is for the dragons always for fans by fans and it's we love the hugos we love the nebulas but it is a different goal.
2: It is a different goal and that's what makes it special.
0: And it's one of the things that's really, I've loved is there's, there are as many indie authors probably who've gotten in awards as traditional publishers or at least nominations and finalists made it, made it to the finalists where you don't always see as many indies do as well. And indies are a huge part of the reading. I know. Um, so in fact, I think Chris is the only one who's traditionally published tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you have probably one, Jonathan, but his his is the only book that's traditionally published tonight. Yeah,
2: Chris, yeah, I, have, yeah, yeah, I, have been, I have never, all my nominations have been for indie books.
3: Okay. Sorry, what was awesome? that, Jeff? I said, don't you have a few indie uh, published books as well? Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, yeah.
5: But I've got I've got five anthologies with Bane, and now my fourth trad book's coming out with Daw, and then I've got two that I did independently so. So,
0: but yeah I mean it's I think it's movie it authors definitely get ground at, just as an observation over the years since we started in 2016 so
1: so I, as someone who is not uh, a finalist and hasn't been I'll answer as just a reader and I will say it's it is nice in a way to uh, to be able to influence. I grew up in the age where Fox has canceled all the good things that I liked. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. I know exactly how dangerous it is if you don't make your opinions known. Uh, Like, I like this series. If they don't finish it, um, whatever that series is, I'm going to be really upset. So this is a way, you know, at least in, in the various things you can vote on, where you can tell them, we really like this. Please keep doing this thing. Right. And and sometimes, you know, that thing might not be the most lucrative. But if they know the fans are digging it through the award, then potentially that that keeps a project that might have otherwise been shelved going. So, if for no other reason that you know, it's a way to thwart the Fox News, uh, Fox Entertainments of the world, you know, from canceling your favorite thing, (coughs) Firefly. Sorry, Terra
0: Nova.
4: Terra Nova too. That
1: is more recent than
0: Firefly.
4: Yes, that
1: yeah. one
4: had dinosaurs too. I, I, I've got more of a grudge against sci-fi for canceling dark
5: matter, or not, or not
3: continuing more Stargate. Yeah, uh,
5: they are though. Uh, Stargate might be coming back.
3: They're rebooting it. That's what heard. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. I
0: don't want them to reboot it. I want them to continue it. Oh
5: no, they were talking to Jonathan Shanks.
3: Oh, were they? Oh, that'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, Absolutely. give me that, please.
5: <laughs> All right. They uh, might.
3: It might not
2: happen,
5: but.
3: Yeah. I
1: probably won't because I want it to. So, writing <laughs> awards. So, how do you think this award will change how uh, we interact with science fiction? Do you think it's going to change the source of stories that we consume or as authors the kinds of stories we write? And we'll go with Cheney first, Jeff. You.
3: I don't think so. I think that uh there's so many authors on Amazon and and Goodreads and all these other platforms that people write what they want and readers pick what they want. Uh, it, the awards, who gets what, it's probably not gonna affect anything like overall. Um, it's not dictating what I'm writing. You know, I'm writing for the readers first and foremost and what they want and the market and uh, and also personally, like what I like.
0: You know? Clearly, um, they want criminals who go to war.
3: Clearly, <laughs> yes, exactly, yes, yes. at least 2021,
2: that's what we're they get, want. We're getting the felon vote. Yeah. <laughs> Except uh, <laughs> But
3: Jonathan and I didn't sit down and say, like, let's write an award-winning, you know, <laughs> novel that's going to... Yeah, no, we didn't think about that. We thought about, like, what are what are our readers going to want? And we built it around that. And, like, how are we going to tell the best story possible? So I don't think that fundamentally is going to change. And uh, I It hasn't in 60, 70 years of writing sci-fi or however long it's been, 80, 90. Um, I don't think... Over 100
4: since Frankenstein.
3: There you go. I don't think people inherently... Um, right to win awards. And uh, I think when they do, they probably don't make a lot of money. And I think if you put the readers first, you can potentially get both. Because now with the Dragon Awards, I think that reflects the market. Whereas before, people aren't necessarily, like awards don't necessarily correlate to the common reader, like what they're looking for.
2: Okay,
1: Jonathan, can you top that?
2: I certainly can't top it. I could just agree with it. <laughs> okay.
1: What they said. <laughs> All right, Rick. What they said is your answer. All right. So, Chris, this is your chance to shine. You can be the most wise and uh, senior citizen. Well, no, that doesn't work.
2: The <laughs> I think I'm the senior citizen here.
0: I think you can be the wise millennial, maybe?
5: No, oh, those you exist. You be the youngest um, person on the panel. <laughs> You are the baby. Uh, I think I think the only thing that I could say, right, is that the dragon's been going for what, is this six years now? So I yeah. think any change that it was going to make in sort of the award giving culture of uh of, of the genres has probably happened, right? Um and I think that what it did was was sort of widen the playing field a little bit and give uh particularly we talked about like this is a great way for uh brandy writers to get nominated for things. Whereas before, like maybe you get a nebula, right? Hugo's pretty pretty difficult, right? But uh, I, I think that this has opened up uh, you know, the field to a lot of writers who might not have been uh, getting those nods from uh, the, the field as it was before. The Dragon Award sort of helped uh, broaden those things out. So to the extent that it's democratized things, I think it's already done that, uh, which is great, you know?
1: So. All right, that is a very wise answer. You, you get the nod on this one question. So if we're keeping score at home, Take a shot. I don't
5: know. Oh yeah. Well, after the after the thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. After you vote. After you
4: vote. All right, Doc. Back to you. No, we were supposed to take shots. I no, I
1: thought
0: Rick was. No, Rick already said what they said. Okay.
4: So... I was kind of joking. But... Do
0: you have an I mean, answer? You know. I mean, I'm not going to.
4: Well, it me. is close to what what Jeff was saying. That, that no, the. Uh, I mean, it's nice that I mean it does tell you to some extent what your fans are paying closest attention to so you know you're you're going to want to feed that need because i mean maybe maybe you make money off a whole bunch of different things but you know you uh you don't know what is the passion of your fans unless they tell you and a lot of fans don't feel comfortable contacting authors directly so something like this tells you yeah they like this book they like this series they like this kind of novel so and, and if That's, you're listening
1: at home and you don't vote or you, you're not confident your book is going to win, but you still want to uh, influence the readers to write the series that you're digging, you don't have to wait till Dragon Con comes around every year and vote. You can just join their newsletter and then reply to the newsletter and say, hey, I really look, like book whatever. Please write the next one. That helps, too. You can email them. Yeah. This is the Modern Age, just in case you didn't know. Yeah,
3: we uh
0: news. <laughs> Reviews, book
3: reviews, right? Well, we, so I mean, we live in the social media age, so you know a lot of uh, the interactions that you know, and now Jonathan has seen uh, from you know since we've been co-writing. I have a very active Facebook group, and people come in there all the time. Like we get new people in every day, and they're constantly like talking about what they'd like to see, and they'll they'll theorize on different series, and they'll say what they're reading. Uh, they'll make book recommendations. Rick's books have come up in there. And it's it's great. It's the best kind of interaction um, system that you could hope for. It's better than email. It's better than anything else because you can re- react in real time. That sort of uh, back and forth that that helps me a lot with coming up with new ideas and deciding where to go next and deciding if I have three different concepts in front of me, which one I should do because that's what the people, you know, in the group or in email, like wherever I'm getting it from, like that's where. They're interested, you know, in going next. So, you know, since Jonathan and I, and I have been working together, he's been in there, what, every day talking to people just about? Yeah. yeah so that's a great resource. reaching
2: out to me with direct messaging. Yeah. Telling me what they think, what they want to see, what they want to you know, where we should go. Why don't we write about this character? <laughs> Yeah, we put
4: with you? Why are you writing about my favorite character?
3: We put a lot of time and energy into building that community up. And, uh, you know, we don't allow politics or, you know, anything. You, will,
2: you allow a lot of cats.
3: A lot of cats. <laughs> a lot of pet memes and stuff. A lot, but a of, lot of sci-fi talk. And, uh, and it's great. You know, a lot of people only come onto social media to be in that, you know, in that group and talk about stuff. So I recommend if you're a reader and uh, you want to talk to authors directly, reach out on social media. Have a conversation. I got. I've
4: got. It's funny. I get messages from people who are like in Hungary or in uh, Australia, you know, and Poland. People <laughs> tell me they read my books. It's like it's really cool. Just knowing they have that far of a reach.
2: Yeah, it is. I had. I had a. Uh, uh, someone asked me why don't I put a cook in one of my books because he had been a cook in the British Army. And I did, and I named it after him. And the character <laughs> actually lived through I me. Mean, he made it through quite a few books as an important character. And
0: our cooks were very murderous in one one. So yeah, I can he, see that working. Well,
2: what what happened with this guy though is he he fell off my newsletter list, and I contact I tried to contact him and ask him why, and I found out that he just passed away. Oh, and then uh, three weeks later, I get an email from his son of the eulogy that the vicar had given. And the lat it was six pages long. The last page was all about me. How he he was helping this famous science fiction writer, and how he would be every he would get up. He was bedridden, so he'd get up in the morning to open up his laptop to see if I'd replied to his last email and stuff. And it just really hit me hard. And I happened to be going to London for twenty books, and he's from it was from about three hours outside of London. So his family came down to see me, so they could take a picture with his picture on a chair in the family. And I gave him uh, a signed copy uh, of the book where his namesake. And, and that right there hit me more than anything else in my writing career, that what we do matters. You know, we, we sit here joking around as, as writers and this and that. And, we, and, and, you know, the bad review we got, how funny that is and all this kind of stuff. But there are people out there who pay attention to every word we write and it means something to them. It means something to their life. And, and to me, that was my single best experience in my writing career.
4: Yeah, there's, a, there's been people who come to me like saying that they appreciated that Cam Alvarez from Drop Trooper was, you know, from Mexico, you know, that was a Mexican-American um, or that like one of the characters in another book is suffering from PTSD. And that speaks to them because they did too, you know. It's I've
2: gotten
3: those. Yeah. You it, it, it can be surprising like that when you write these characters, you don't even think about it. Like I wrote about a, an albino child in Renegade Star, this little girl um, who had white hair and everything, and she was referred to as, as albino, and I get an email from like the head of some organization uh that specialized in that, you know, just albino kids. And he had two children um one of which was albino and one was blind and we had two characters in the books and one was blind and one was albino and he's you know he's like you know um not not the blind one uh, reads the uh the books to uh you know to the one who can't and they really relate to these characters that you created and i was like blown away that was the first time anyone had ever reached out to me about that stuff and uh now i've gotten you know, just countless messages from people and about how they see themselves in these characters. And it is very humbling when you read those things.
0: I, I had a run-in of sorts kind of like that this summer with one of your books, um, oh. the Messenger series. Yeah? There was a kid my in a special needs camp with the same name as Dash's name.
3: Oh, and okay.
0: He did, doesn't like his name.
3: Yeah. And I oh. went, no, no, no,
0: it's really cool.
3: Now it's and, cool. And,
0: and here, and so his mom went and got the books.
3: Oh, my daughter, God.
0: And he really likes his name much better oh. now. That right is
3: so cool. This. Thank you for telling me yeah. that. I'm going to go tell Terry right after this. That is so it's awesome.
0: Just, I think them actually, them but, yeah, I told Terry standout. as it was happening because I was on the phone with him right oh, now. Oh, okay.
3: Okay.
4: You think you know from
3: The Incredibles that that's cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for so
0: telling Dash me that. Is, Dash is the character's nickname, so it's really um, Noonan mm-hmm. is the name of the character. So her mom, his mom's really into science, and she goes, "Maybe it was too hard a name for a kid." Too carry. Chris, what were you going to say?
5: I wasn't. I was just listening.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes know. you have that face that says you're going to say something.
5: Oh no, I was um, I was misleading. It's very intense.
1: Or you get chili for dinner, whatever. <laughs> All right. So, um, do you? We've talked about a little bit, and you mentioned this in your last, well, not your last, but one of your answers, Chris, that uh, if the change was going to happen to the writing side of things, it would have already. So, let's talk about the, the categories themselves. Do you think we're going to see an expansion of the categories, and if so, what do you think those might be? For instance, I could see them adding. Uh, something for best cover art because i think the the quality of indie cover art alone has grown dramatically since you know early 2000 2011 range to now uh, I, i've seen better quality even from trad pub covers uh it's just one example so uh, do you see an expansion of categories and if so which one we'll go with you chris first since i mentioned your name
2: um
5: i would like to see something for shorter fiction maybe that's novellas yes. or maybe that's short stories um, just because especially the short story was such an important you know sort of medium for sci-fi for so long um that not having a spot for it seems weird to me um and we you know maybe that'll help make them a little bit more like what they used to be again too in terms of the the role they played in, in helping to build you know careers for new writers and things like that um and, and also just as as an art form in and of themselves so I'd i'd like to see that
1: I'm pretty passionate about short content as well. We have a whole series where we just interview people about their short stories, short interviews on short stories, because I I, I just, I, you know, that's where I started reading sci-fi was was the shorts content. So that was a very good answer, and you get bonus points. Drink another shot, people, <laughs> if
4: you're still sober and have a liver. Uh, Rick, what about you? Uh, I'm not familiar with the inner workings of the dragons. Uh, Siska probably be more likely to know than me. I mean, if you ask me if I'd like them to, yeah, I, I would like to I would like short story category as well. Um, probably one for each for science fiction and fantasy. I wouldn't mind seeing military science fiction decoupled from fantasy. It just what's seems like the, an odd combination. Well, it's military uh, fantasy and military science fiction. I know. I'd like to see that like, thing. I'd, I'd like to see those split apart because they're they're really kind of different in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, right. Post-apocalyptic should definitely come back. Whoever got rid of it, slap him. <laughs> it was Doc. It's not rid it of it. Is, a, is still a very, very popular category.
3: Oh, yeah. The
4: fans, they love it. I don't see why it's not there anymore.
1: Okay. What about you? What do you think, Jonathan?
2: I kind of agree with what Chris and Rick said. I think uh, post-apocalypse is, I think, the fourth largest uh, sub-genre within science fiction. So I think it should be there um if alternate history and i'm nothing wrong about alternate history but if that's there then i definitely think we should have post lock um i also like the idea of shorter fiction uh whether we go all the way down to you know short story novelette and novella i don't know uh it'd be great but even just a shorter fiction category uh for works that are are less i think seventy thousand is the limit for the for the dragons now um and I think what you said about, uh, you know, we're, we have a lot of stuff in the dragons for comic books and things like that. Well, why not book covers? Uh, I love going, when I go to Worldcon and, and, and all of those, I love going through the art exhibits. And just all oh, I'm thinking about is, it. okay, that's, oh, wow, I've seen that as a book cover. or I, This would be a great book cover. So I, I just find that fascinating.
1: Okay. yes. Jeff?
3: Uh, Man, I'd like to see a few things added. Uh, Like Rick said, categories, uh, dystopian, post-apocalyptic seems desperately needed. I think you could also get away with something like um, alien invasion, possibly, or even just doing a broad-sweeping contemporary science fiction where it takes place in the modern day, like techno-thrillers and that sort of thing, separating that from, you know, things that are set in space uh, in the distant future. Uh, You know, so like first contact or whatever. But aside from cover art, uh, maybe an audiobook category for both genres, something like that. I don't know um, if there's if you guys do anything for that, uh,
2: Doc.
0: Ah, uh, not yet. But they always are listening. Who knows? They're listening
2: to audiobooks.
0: Oh wow! I, like, <laughs> oh, I yeah, it's disturbed. I when even the Audible exec looks at you and goes, "That's a lot of books. Are you sure?" You know, you've been reading a lot of audiobooks.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I also I, wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, like humor or uh, like just a few more subcategories because alternate history is. It seems much more niche than like military sci-fi. But those are the two subcategories right now. So maybe like. A few more uh, to, like, flatten that out might help a little bit. Like, uh, Cyberpunk, for, as an example. That's picked up steam recently. Um, I'm not
4: sure if Cyberpunk isn't more, like, just, like, a part of, it, of different genres now instead of its own genre.
3: I think you have Cyberpunk elements, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in our last Reaper series, for example, there's Cyberpunk elements still. But yeah. then there's just, flat like, Cyberpunk 2077. I mean, that's very much its own thing. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know how big that genre is, but I'd like to see more of that because that brings more attention to those specific um, genres and that would put eyes on certain books that may not otherwise get noticed.
0: I have been telling them for years I want an anthology category. That would be cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be much easier to get a significant attraction Mm -hmm. for an entire anthology than a specific one and anthologies are huge there's tons of there's at least three or four anthologies it seems coming out every couple months that I'm like okay I need this one and I need that one and then thank you for this one there's
4: a lot of big names in the anthologies nowadays too
0: yeah I I, I blame Chris
1: uh, the other one, I'm surprised they don't. Yeah, we blame Chris for that. That they don't have would be maybe like fantasy and sci-fi romance, because that is a distinct genre of the romance subset that would fit in with dragons, and they've got a large audience.
2: Really, really <laughs> large audience. Oh yeah.
1: Although You're how a keep lot. PG and it's family the
2: Second, second biggest uh, subgenre in science fiction is romance. I, I just don't know how you keep that family friendly o'clock I went. I went to the RWA convention, and I didn't know there were that many categories in romance. Uh, there are a lot, but oh, again, yeah. is there, there are a lot of readers too.
3: Is the, is there an urban fantasy category anywhere in the uh, Dragon Awards, or is it urban that would be director?
0: included in the paranormal?
3: Okay, which is part and, of uh, the There's an
0: urban fantasy track. The director's super sweet and nice. Mm. She's like your favorite librarian ever.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think more, more fantasy categories would be cool too.
0: Just, I yeah. always game for that. Yeah. I'm like,
1: biased. She's addicted. You know, you would think as a fantasy literature track director, she would know that Pern and Dragons was fantasy. <laughs> you would
0: think that as a person who doesn't understand science, you'd stop trying to decide what is and isn't science. <laughs>
1: Uh, she pulls her, I trump you because I'm an actual scientist card out. Okay. Question 12 is you, Doc. Uh, so
0: what do you think you'll do if you win your- and make the final? Why do you try and make me read questions you write? Um, what do you think you'll do if you actually win? Chris, you've been so silent you get to go first.
5: Uh oh, well, I'd uh, be, what
0: happens. I used to teach.
5: be surprised, I guess. Uh, I uh, I, I expect uh, to be beaten if not by one of you guys, by Larry Korea, certainly. So, oh, yeah, Larry Korea, uh, <laughs> I'm expecting Larry to steamroll me, so I'm I, I will be flabbergasted if I win, uh, but then I will uh, Maybe I will flex watching. on Larry when I see him in Salt Lake. So, <laughs> he's uh, my
1: favorite midget
3: <laughs> who, me or no, Larry. Larry is he sure no larry's he's like no. Six, four. Oh, okay
4: Fuller uh, than
0: that larry's average sized in my family <laughs> i
4: know,
1: called like, him that to his face when i met him though i told him he was my favorite midget he just patted me on the head he said oh
5: you little people <laughs> that sounds like larry so, oh man but no i i expect i expect to be steamrolled so uh, i will be surprised
1: So if you're a fan of his, go out and vote for him. So he's he's surprised. This this is in your hands. The power it's yours.
4: Well, the good part, Chris, is that you'll never know how much he got beaten by. They don't they don't share that to they? It was by one vote. Yeah, it might have been by one vote. Larry Larry's like a thousand, and you're nine ninety nine. You
5: don't. That's what I'll tell myself.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's the cope.
5: As I go catch up for all the shots I've not. I almost did it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you were this close. So sad.
1: Who, who okay. gets to answer next, Doc?
0: Jonathan does.
2: Uh-oh. I will jump up and down, scream and shout, run around, bump into people, grab Jeff, give him a big old kiss right in the back.
1: We did it. <laughs> See, this is how you have the sharp classes restarting.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I think, jo- I think Jeff will be happy enough he'll consent.
1: Oh, sure, definitely. Sure yeah. So would go wild and crazy and do a medium rare or, like, super oh. rare steak this time?
3: Oh, no. Yeah, no. We'd, uh, we'd definitely go out and celebrate. I'd buy Jonathan a beer. Probably a steak, too. And, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, the honor of winning uh, that, that would be career-defining. So I think I would be uh, humbled that entire night and probably just in awe.
4: So, Rick, how about you? Well, uh, my first thought would be that they made a mistake in counting. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I I know I know Larry's fan base is just like huge and when he tells people to buy somebody's book, that person makes like tens of thousands of dollars in a in a in a week. So, I'm pretty sure that they've got that sewn up, but if by some miracle I won, I would probably just like sit there stunned. And then that night I would, uh, you know, buy a lobster, you know, just splurge, get the most expensive meal I could.
3: Oh, I think whoever wins has to buy the other guys a drink. Yeah. I will, that's I will
4: definitely, I will <laughs> definitely do that for those of you that are there. All right, so this is the
1: important, the most important question of the evening. All right, so in your head, all right, you've won the award. Where will you display it? Jeff, you get to go first this time. Right, right. there. Oh, the bookshelf behind you. That's oh, great.
3: that's where I put all my trophies, man. I got my little Foxy Stardust bobblehead right here <laughs> from the Kickstarter. You know, all my books and everything. So, yeah, probably right there.
2: Okay.
1: All right, uh, Jonathan.
2: Those are, if you could see it, not really well. Those are my nebula pla- uh, certificates. I would put a little shelf right there, and that's where it would go right in the middle.
1: You would have to make sure to baby proof it just to be safe.
2: It has to be up high enough, but they've got, I've got <laughs> my science fiction trading card, my Jonathan Brazy trading card. That one will come down, and the award would take the place of honor right in the middle.
4: Outstanding. All right, Rick, where are you going to put it? Um, well, uh, probably for right now, I'd put it on, we have like a trophy shelf where we have like the kids trophies from high school and, and from, so- from soccer and swimming and, and mine from when I used to compete in, you know, triathlons and races and stuff, but probably put it there for now, but we're about to move. So in the new house, I will put a shelf on the wall, actually a couple of shelves for my books and I'd have the trophy in the middle.
3: Oh man, you have, a, you have a trophy like shelf for your whole family? Yeah. yeah. I got to give me one of those so I can put nothing on it.
4: You
1: had your moment to shine. I love you, but my trophy is going and yours are just somewhere.
3: <laughs> Sorry, son. T
1: ball goes. <laughs> All right, Chris. I understand you just built an entire third floor on your house just to put your office. So are you fourth
5: just for the trophy? Um uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it'll go on the roof. Uh no, it's not done yet, so it's gonna live in here until I can finally move everything upstairs. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see. And then we'll see about putting it on the uh, on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: search lot or spotlights, you know, so everybody just can see.
5: Yeah, exactly. And everyone else, what the hell is that? What's a dragon award? But you're getting oh, the the you're getting a new story built on it.
4: anyway. Just build like a giant version of it. <laughs>
5: <for the
4: roof>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got pictures on his Instagram, so if you, if you follow the, the the story's already pretty much added, so he would have to actually add another one for his for his trophy. But yeah, that's a good thing. Make your roof look like the dragon award.
5: Yeah, exactly. It'll go on top of the chimney. It know. could be the, it could be like it the Never Ending like Story. It like the house though. on fire.
2: Could could you get one of those inflatable little guys over there that (laughs) just mentioned the Dragon Award? Got the fan blowing at your, you know, right at your driveway? I can hear the
5: HOA complaining
2: already.
1: Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, then on that note, uh, we're going to ask each of you, and you're going to tell us how we can find you. And as usual, dear listener, the links will be in the show notes. So check them out.
4: We're going to start with you, Rick. Where can listeners find you? I have rickportlow.com as my website. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash duty on planet. Um, Rick Partlow 66 on Twitter, which honestly, I rarely use it for anything. So uh, pretty much Facebook is the best place to find me or go on Amazon. Look for my Amazon author page. I'm pretty much the only Rick Partlow on there. All right, Jonathan, how can the listeners find you?
2: My website is com. My Facebook is Jonathan Brazy. My other Facebook is Jonathan Brazy Author. There's a little theme going here. Uh, my uh, Twitter is Jonathan Brazy, and that's enough. You, uh, you can find me with those, and I will I will answer back.
3: Okay. Jeff? Uh If you want to jump into the group and have a conversation, you can search for Jay and Cheney's Renegade Readers on Facebook. Um and I'm in there every day and I respond to every post. So uh yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Lots of shenanigans happening there. I'm in that group. Uh <laughs> oh dear
0: God.
3: Uh, half of this panel's in that group.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, Chris. How can listeners find you?
5: Uh, so my website's solanempire.com sollan empire.com. But the best place these days actually is my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/slash Sun Eater Books.
1: All right. That's a unique naming uh, structure. Uh, it might have been simpler if you just used your name, but with a last name like yours, maybe Sun is okay. easier. I don't know. Yes, it is.
5: <laughs> well, uh, everyone misses the U. So. Every time I hear your name, I think
4: about Pulp Fiction, and the guy named Tony Rocky Horror.
3: <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a new one. It reminds me of Ralph Macchio. Uh, Wonder. yeah,
5: I mean, they're pretty similar structurally, Italian names, so yeah. I still don't know what it means. My grandfather couldn't tell me. Huh. Uh, <laughs> all right, and you, um, yeah, what was that?
1: Your grandfather needs to uh, go back to school
5: to learn what his name means, apparently,
1: or you, can yeah, just him.
5: it was uh, the last yeah. of our family who spoke Italian, so yeah, that would help, yeah. So,
1: all right. Well, you can find us, dear listener, on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters, tech, and techblades. Anchor.fm backslash blasters, dash, and blades. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com. Backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show, Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com, blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. I promise we do answer it. So far, we've only gotten one letter from you listeners, and it was hate mail. So I, while I do approve, <laughs> no, seriously, somebody told me I should get rid of Elvis because it's unprofessional that he made noise. Um, but it's okay, Elvis is staying. Um, you can join us on Facebook, on our Facebook group, facebook.com backslash groups, backslash Blasters and Blades podcast, facebook.com backslash groups, backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. You can support the show at www.buymeacoffee.com backslash author JR Hanley, where you can make a one-time donation. Be sure to put in the comment section that it's for the podcast. I promise I will keep my co-host Nick Garber and Doc Seska duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. Never quit. Never surrender. Or you can support us on a monthly basis over at anchor.fm backslash blasters and dash blades, where you can do it for as little as 99 cents a month or as much as your heart desires. Helps keep the light on and um keeps my, my hosts intoxicated because they like me better when they're drunk. Imagine that.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, doc. Bring it home.
0: <laughs> Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us before we go. Don't forget to go vote. Voting closes the Saturday of Dragon Con, also known as September 4th at midnight. Because the award is given out on the 5th, so keep track. Um, I'm Suska. This was Jr. Handley. We uh, we hid Nick away somewhere. But we are the Blasters and Plays podcast. We'll be back next time. Same place, same love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, things that go boom, and picking on Jr. because why would we do anything else?
1: <laughs> and pineapple does not belong on pizza. This is how we. Yes, eat. it does. <laughs> <laughs> uh No, it doesn't. It does. Oh, we got the Italian hands. We win. Yeah.